0: Welcome to Live, Laugh, Lorazepam, the mental health podcast that absolutely no one asked for, but we needed. I'm Abby.
1: And I'm Julie. We hope that sharing our stories will help erase the stigma behind mental illness and potentially save lives. Join our mental health conversation twice a month on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.
0: Welcome back to episode two. We are so excited to be doing our second episode in this podcast. Um, We were overjoyed by the amount of listeners that we got in just one week for episode one. We just um, crested 100 today. So we're recording right now about a week after our launch And so in one week we got over 100 listeners um, and we just are unbelievably grateful by the support that everyone has been giving us, um, encouraging us, giving us feedback, um, sharing their own experiences. Um, So thank you so much for being with us. And so for today, episode two, we're gonna be discussing how do we deal with mental illness issues at work? How has mental health held us back in career or education? And then what got us through the past week or so? So excited to do our second episode. <laughs> um, Me too. Okay, first question. How do you deal with mental health issues at work, in the workplace? So,
1: with this job, which I've officially been at for a year, which is crazy. Um, Are you serious? It's been a year? It's been a year. Wow. Right? Crazy. So... I'm very open about my mental health issues um and i was fine when i first started the job and then it got when it got crazy busy i started to like have panic attacks and cry at my laptop Mm. because i was working all remote um and i just couldn't do it anymore and i eventually started i just took two days off in a row and i finally went like i had been open about my anxiety to my boss before because like stuff comes up and i'm just like oh here it is like this is me Um, and then I just had to take two days off and I wrote her an email and was like listen like I am struggling my mental health is not doing well right now I'm like I spend a lot of my day crying like just Mm -hmm. stressed out Um, so they took they she was great she was awesome she's no longer there and I have another great boss who also understands which I'll get into but for this one she was just was like okay we brought the big boss in, and they took some of my um, responsibilities away. And it was just super easy. I know it's not like that for everyone. I happen to have an awesome, like, set of bosses at my job. Yeah. Um, But for me, it's just, you, ha- you have to be open and honest. Because if someone doesn't know you're struggling, or, like, you don't raise the the warning flag, you're just going to continue to suffer.
0: Yeah. And I feel like nowadays... um. I feel like you have to talk about it, and a lot of people don't want to because it's such like a private issue, and it is like you are, to some extent, showing, kind of like a weakness or like to people that maybe you're not very close with. Um, And I imagine yeah, who
1: don't understand what it is,
0: right? Don't understand it. Don't understand how you're feeling. Don't understand your past. Maybe you haven't shared like your history with them, and so, like I've worked at jobs where, I definitely never said anything, and I definitely should have. Um, but I think being open and honest, like in my current job has made like all the difference with uh, the stressors, because there's that feeling, right? That like you feel guilty, that you're oh, like 100%. you're experiencing something, you're uncomfortable, you're unhappy, you're sad. But then you feel guilty too, because you're like, "Holy crap, I'm supposed to be doing a job." And then you don't want really to admit anything's wrong. But that's awesome that your boss is where you're, like, supportive, took maybe some of the heavier stuff off your plate. And then you're probably, like, able to, you know, move forward on the things that you're comfortable with and then eventually, like, add more to your plate later on when you're comfortable or oh, yeah, in a better place. Oh, yeah, it was more place. productive.
1: Oh, yeah. Definitely more productive um, in my main duties. It was, like, the extra little things, like, answering the phone um, that just – the phone just we're so busy the phone just constantly rings and like we have um a secretary our receptionist who is amazing but she can only grab so many calls so my team is the backup Mm. and I didn't know enough to answer questions yet so that also stressed me out and anytime the phone would ring and I I what I do is very um data driven and I have to focus and the phone would ring and I would lose where I was and that would just stress me out and I would just cry
0: well that's insane i mean data like being deep in like an excel sheet and then losing your spot is probably like the worst feeling it was so
1: bad but yeah no i i'm very lucky and I, i wish everyone had um the response that i got from my bosses um in their own workplace have how do you deal with it in your workplace right now
0: yeah so so when i had like when I was in my really dark place, I, uh, this was what, 2018, 2017, 2018. Um, like I was horribly depressed. I had no idea, had no idea. I was sleeping like 10 hours every night. Like I would come home, I would go right to bed. Um, and I would cry for no reason. Like there was no, no thing wrong. (laughs) I would just start crying. So I found all like the the best places to cry in the office I remember Um, that yeah like there's certain hallways and like stairwells that I knew I could go sit in and wouldn't be bothered for a little bit um or I'd go quote unquote like take a walk around the block and I'd literally just like cry and I like I bought makeup that like wouldn't streak and yeah I I didn't deal with it well I guess is my point and it wasn't until after I got help and got medication and was a little bit more stable that I could like look back on that and then I actually individually talked to each person on my team because um, we were I'm not gonna say where I was working but I was working in a very stressful environment and we were really busy it was our busiest season in the summer and so I realized like we've never, none of us have ever talked about mental health and we're all, all of us were struggling. And so I actually individually chatted with each of them and said like, I'm on medication now. I just want to explain like why I was uh, acting a little strange last few months. Um, And then said to them, like, if you ever need to talk about mental health or I wanted to like open that avenue. And I think it really helped. I mean, we were already a close team and already close friends, but I think almost just like talking about the elephant in the room was helpful. And we had talked about stress before we had talked about, I think we had like um, one of the people on our teams is a big, like mental health person in general, like advocate. Um, But I don't think I fully like understood how important those conversations were until I experienced it myself. So that was big. And now, I mean, I just finished grad school, so that was stressful in its own. That's a whole nother beast, but my current job, um, my coworkers are really understanding they're also very um, down-to-earth people. They have families and kids, and they trust us to be adults and get our work done, whether I have to hop off to go visit my mom or they have to go pick up kids somewhere in the middle of the day. Um, everyone's very understanding, and sometimes we get like personal days, and uh, there is just a very open communication about what's going on in your life. So I know I can talk turn to my coworker and say, I'm not in the right headspace today. Um, can we move our meeting or I need to like sign off early? Um, and I I think that is just so relieving to be able to just put it out there and say Like, I'm sorry, I'm not firing on all cylinders right now, and I need to be under a weighted blanket with a heating pad and a cup of tea and, like, a bucket of popcorn, um, and I will get my work done. I I promise I might just not get it done right this second, and I should not be expected to be in meetings today, Um, which thankfully I work in a flexible place, so I can do that.
1: Do you think that the past two years with – covid and everyone working from home has made it easier to open up because we've despite not being with each other in the workplace like you've seen their background lives on on zoom or just video chat in general um granted i didn't work for two years during covid so jumping into this one i can't say if i've noticed a difference but have you
0: i think i think it's like a Uh, like a double answer the answer is like yes and also I think it's created like other situations so yes for one the answer is yes I for sure feel like I have a better understanding of people's personal lives Um, especially like people with kids who are like when schools were closed daycares were closed and they were juggling like full time parenting at home all together in like we live in a you know, um, pretty metropolitan area. So a lot of people don't have like big houses with extra rooms for offices. A lot of my coworkers were in like one to two bedroom apartments with a spouse or a partner and kids and pets. And it became very clear quickly that like people would like apologize. Like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Like my kids are in the background. And like, we just had to like move past that quickly and be like, we all have lives. We are human beings, and we just need to acknowledge it and move on. Um, it made their lives, like,
1: their real lives outside of work more real.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, when you go into the office, I literally had, like, a wardrobe that was my office wardrobe. But even more than that, like, I think I had, like, an office persona. I'm not saying I was, like, a different person, but I I present definitely yourself. presented differently. I mean, I was trying to be a professional Um And hopefully passing. I don't know.
1: (laughs) I like the idea, though, that professional may... The definition of professional has changed. Oh, for sure. Because it's less... Like, work is not less stressful, but removing the the hard lines of, like, you have to act a certain way, you have to dress a certain way, Mm -hmm. has made work easier.
0: There's, like, a relatability, I think, that wasn't there before, especially for people in positions of power versus people like at the bottom. Um Like knowing that my bosses are struggling with the same things that I'm struggling with make it easier to relate to them and then also make me feel more comfortable talking to them. Um And so I think you're right. I think remote work has certainly sort of changed that. I mean, how I used to deal with mental health issues, I would cry and not talk about it and then try to, I honestly, it became an issue. I had to like leave work early multiple times and that's when I knew I had to get help. Now, It's a double-edged sword because sometimes I'm like, oh, I should take a mental health day, but I'm like, I don't have any meetings today. Like, I could just sit on the couch with my laptop, get my work done, and just be like a couch potato, where I never had that option before. It was always all or nothing. You go in and you figure it out, or you call in sick and you take a sick day. And now we sort of have this like middle ground of flexibility. um, I feel that too. Which I do appreciate. I do appreciate that. I think there's a lot of people who would rather be in the office, maybe... I don't know what they're, I don't know if it's craving power or professionalism or uh, I'm not sure what they're craving, but I do miss the social aspect, but I really appreciate the ability to like put my mental health first.
1: I'll say, so today's Friday, Wednesday, I was supposed to be in the office. Um, Unfortunately, summer is our busy season and my boss has asked me to increase my time, but she's awesome. And was like if you can't I understand just tell me uh, she's like I know you'll be if you're having a bad day and you'll be more productive at home stay home so Wednesday I got up and I was just in a mood and I I knew I couldn't be in the office the day before with a struggle in the office and I didn't get much work done because I was just I was actually texting you being like yeah I am getting nothing <laughs> done I cannot focus uh, it was because I was in a bad spot um, so I just Messaged her and was like, "Hey, having a bad mental health day. I'm not gonna come to the office today. I'll be more productive at home." And she just is great and responded with, "Okay." Um, and she she was actually like, "Sorry, I didn't respond right away, but she's super busy." Um, and she's like, "Just like take care of yourself." Yeah. And I got so much more done at home than I would have done when I was in the office. And
0: like the relief of not having to feel guilty. Of Not being in the office, yeah, I
1: definitely still have that internal battle with mess like making the decision, mm. even it's if it's like not calling out it's just saying I need to work from home, I definitely battle with it for a while, like bouncing back and forth because um, like there's a little bit of guilt because I know so many people do have to be in the mm, office,
0: yeah
1: um, so I'm working on the removing the guilt and just taking care of myself um, but then I I did that for Wednesday, and then yesterday I
0: went in and was able to get stuff done because I wasn't in that same spot as I was on Wednesday. Right, yeah, my my bosses, um, I've been at my place now for about almost two years, um, and I recently moved into like a new position, which I'm really excited about. Uh, Promotion. And <laughs> very, very, very happy and proud of myself. Um, but with the new position comes new responsibilities and one of those is managing other people and so i've you know been in the hiring process and hopefully getting a team and then i'll be going into the office more often however my bosses um, uh, COVID's not over first of all but with things no. sort of shifting and we do have an amazing flexible office space and they came up with the term like work from wherever and we had this big meeting and, and they essentially their message was like Wherever you're most productive is where you should work from. We have the office for client meetings and for anyone who needs to get out of the house and be in an office space. If that helps you, come to the office. If working from the office in the first half of the day is good and then you need to go home for lunch, okay, fine. If it's the opposite, good. And that has been unbelievably stress-relieving for me because I am not a morning person. Um, I do not (laughs) do well in the mornings, but I am really productive in the afternoons. And so for me to be able to have like a slow morning, have my meetings at home, check in, do the tasks I can do at home, and then have the opportunity to go into the office later, it's more about like understanding your own productivity and less about like needing your butt in a seat somewhere particular. And I, I'm just like living that up. I love that. I love that hybrid option. I'm glad they're not enforcing, like, oh, two days here, two days there. Um, and that certainly helps with mental health, I think, because then maybe if I'm ha- I, I typically, if I'm going to have a bad day, I wake up with a bad day. Oh, I agree. And I will know the second I wake up. And if I'm even – if I know I have to be in the office later, but I get three hours in the beginning of the day to just check my email – work on my tasks alone, maybe cry into my cereal a little bit, then that is so unbelievably helpful. I can pull myself together, take a shower, and get out the door when I need to be there.
1: Now, because not everyone, just thinking about this, not everyone has the luxuries that we have of being able to work from home. Going back to when we were struggling and had to be in the office, um, how did you, like, I know you, you were talking about your last job you, you had places to cry um but what would you suggest people do if they're really struggling and mm. can't work from home
0: yeah that's true i think acknowledging our our privilege of where we are in our careers and our lives is huge we do have the opportunity to be more flexible with our needs and put ourselves first um, but i know a lot of people especially in like the service industry medical professionals teachers, um, anyone in the labor industry, like those people don't have the, the option to be like, I'm just going to work from home today. Like, no, that's not an option for them. So I mean, coping mechanisms, I know it's different for everyone. For me, um, I do best when I can like zone out cause I get overstimulated. Um, again, I know maybe not every job can do that. Um, but Like putting in my headphones, putting my head down, just getting my work done and like really throwing myself into the work would help me distract myself from what I was feeling. Um, If that's not someone else's style, I also found that notes, like writing lists of what I needed to get done, like what I needed to focus on and like almost like organizing my thoughts out loud, like on paper of like prioritizing what needed to be done, what doesn't need to be done right this second um, helps me feel like I'm corralling some chaos in my brain. Um, so yeah, that was that, those are the two things that probably helped me. But honestly, in this day and age, I think communication is probably the best coping mechanism for anything. Just being open with your team. And th- like with that said, there are going to be bosses, managers, other coworkers who don't understand what you're experiencing. Oh, 100. And Got they them. they probably might never understand. But just putting it out there to say like. Just having an off day today, I'm just letting you know, like, I need to just uh, plow through this work, or I need to just focus on this project right now, or um, I just need to get through this shift is probably the best. And then if you, I mean, if you do have a manager who, understanding if an opportunity comes up to, like, leave work early, or take an extra break if you need one. Or, like, if you're in service, like, work in the background
1: versus straight up customer facing that day.
0: Yeah, for Um. sure.
1: Because for me, um, my coping—which I wish this is one of my coping skills now—but um, I wish I had back then—is just breathing, mm. which sounds so funny. And I actually, my therapist the other day brought. I was like super frazzled before my appointment. She's like, "How about we take a moment to do this breathing exercise?" And I, I laugh because I'm like, despite I know it works, I'm like, I breathe. Know how to
0: breathe? Like-, <laughs> I'm like
1: it isn't. I've been doing it since day one. Um, but within the five minutes that we did a breathing exercise I calm down and um you can do mindfulness apps and just mm-hmm. anything that you can just stop and just the world doesn't will not end if you stop for five minutes right put yourself first yeah. for five seconds and just breathe and like they look up different like look up di- different breathing exercises um for me it's um i believe it's called diaphragmatic breathing Hmm. we've been taught to like breathe from our chest but that's not correct like it's that short breathing and that makes like that can stress us out more um but look up diaphragmatic breathing it's It's you use your breathing from your
0: belly yeah i do belly breathing in like um pelvic floor pt and it's so unbelievably helpful right it's so relaxing like
1: the big thing to do is Um, put your one hand on your chest and one on your stomach and you want to feel where your hand is rising and focus on making it rise from your stomach. Mm. Um, And doing that for five minutes is so relaxing.
0: Yeah, that's Uh, such a good point. And I I also think that uh, I was talking to someone the other day about like addiction. Um, And obviously that's like a completely different sort of topic, but in the same vein of like coping and like getting your mind off of anxieties or um other things was having like a support network i think having a support network was probably the most helpful thing for me and just having like having you on speed dial to just be able to text and say like i just got a word vomit for a hot second and i'm really overwhelmed and this is what's happening and blah blah, blah. but like i'm the type to talk it out if you're not the type that talks it out maybe just sending a message to someone saying like I'm having a hard time right now. Maybe you don't need to do details, but like a a friend in your network in your support network or a family member could be like, "Okay, and remind you to do the breathing or maybe write down your thoughts or take just a break." Just say you're there. Yeah, yeah, just say like I'm here for you if you need me. Sometimes just even knowing there's that lifeline is like reassuring to the point where you can sort of like ground yourself again.
1: Um no, 100% just everyone has their own ways um my big take on this is you have to why am i blanking all of a sudden for work i i have younger kids that work with me and i it's taken me a long time to learn this and i was talking with one of them the other day and i was like you need to take your breaks Mm. and you also need to throw up the warning flag if if you are struggling you, you need to say something. And it doesn't have to be, you, you may not have a mental illness. You you may not be anxious or stressed uh, about something outside of work. But if you're just struggling where you are, tell them. Yeah. Because no one knows. They're all in their own stressor. And if you don't say something, they're going to think you're fine.
0: Right. Yeah. And burnout is so common, especially with our generation. We think like, oh, no, but I have to get the work done. It's like, Okay. I work in a, a digital marketing agency. I love them to death. I think we have like great work. However, we're not brain surgeons or rocket scientists. Like No one's going to die nope. if I miss my one deadline to get in some advertising copy. Is that my responsibility to do that? Yes, it is. But like, I also could talk to my manager and say, hey, I'm not going to get this done today. Um, I'm frazzled, I'm overwhelmed, and I'm getting close to burnout. And that's so much better than like crashing, making yourself like like whenever I would get out at my last job, I would get sick. I would get a cold or the flu. I would catch something because my immune system's running on overdrive. And then I'd be out for multiple days. And so it was like all or nothing, running 110 miles per hour and then suddenly like dead stop in the middle of the road because I've now just made myself so burnt out that I'm sick and now I can't do anything because I'm laid up in bed. And so like you're right, throwing up that flag, communicating, just saying well, I'm overwhelmed. I need some help. Um, is huge, and especially, I think, people in entry roles who feel like they don't have, like, the power to or haven't had the experience yet feel like they have to, like, overcompensate.
1: Oh, 100%. And um, take your breaks. Like, we live in a, in a state that we're allowed breaks. Like, it's written into law that they have to give us breaks for a certain amount of time working. And a lot of people I work with will work through them. I will... No, I do, there's one of them I don't take, um, which I should, but there's people just work through them, and I'm like, no, nope. and I used to do that with my old job, I'd eat lunch while working, no, take your break, and even if you have a boss who is mean, or and that doesn't understand, is like, we don't have time for you to have a break, um, take your break, you deserve it, give yourself the 30 or the 15 minutes to calm down and just breathe and eat food. You'll, you'll be able to get through your day better if you start taking your breaks and also use your PTO, use your sick time. Oh my gosh.
0: Yes. Don't be afraid to use what you've earned. I've been feeling so guilty about taking a full week off in August. And at first I only took the Monday and the Friday. And then my coworker was like, you have that time for a reason that's in your contract take the damn week Yeah. <laughs> and I was like but what are they going to do they need me and she's like they will do fine we will figure it out we'll prep some stuff ahead of time and then like if an emergency comes up she's like I'll try really hard not to call you and when you come back it might be a tough week on your week back she's like but you should take that time and like actually decompress because if you don't then I'm gonna be like a bitter by the end of the summer that I didn't get any time off and I'm gonna be burnt mm-hmm. from all the work um, and overwhelmed from all the stress and have not taken the time to like let myself reset. And um, I know I keep saying and, but
1: I wanna go off of that um, and kind of back to, we are very um, privileged in that we have jobs that give mm-hmm. us PTO um, and sick paid sick time, um, but Massachusetts also has paid family sick leave. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are options. Your job might make it seem like there are no options. But if you need to take time, there are ways to figure it out. Um, there are laws in place. So you can't lose your job if you need to take time.
0: Um, yeah, that's a good reminder. And especially, like, I don't know the laws for other states. But if you're in another state and listening to us, first of all, hello, welcome. Um, Also, we're from Massachusetts. I don't know (laughs) if we've said that. I I don't know if we've ever mentioned that. Um, But I also think that you should know your rights. Like, look them up. Figure out what the laws are. They're supposed to
1: be posted, by the way.
0: Yeah. Um, And your job is supposed to tell you, like, what's in the fine print of your job. Like, you signed something when you took on that job. Get that paperwork.
1: And despite having those laws in place, we do have to take on the responsibility of making sure we get that because some jobs are not gonna they're gonna tell you you have it but then they might like make it really hard to get to but you have to speak up for yourself and use what you've earned
0: and what you deserve yeah advocate for yourself and your own mental health um because if you don't then the other side of that is you're miserable and unhappy when you don't need to be and i mean they're not to put it in perspective for the the owners the bosses like they're not going to get a good employee out of that if they have a miserable employee or an employee who's not producing work at a high enough level or whatever whatever you're doing I mean that that hurts their bottom line too and so it's it's in everyone's best interest if you take your time off and take your breaks and find the ways that work for you for coping 100%
1: agree we can continue to talk about this um, but I think we have a next topic to jump to
0: yeah, so we're going to sort of um, talk about the past a little bit. So, how has mental health held you back in your career or education? Especially in those sort of um, transitional years when, like, when we're teenagers and in our early 20s, like, we're, we're growing and learning so much. And mental health has a tendency to kind of arise in that time period, which I, can then affect your trajectory of whatever path you're on. My mental health
1: was terrible in high school and in college. Um, and I wanted the, the four year college experience and to stay with my friends and, and live in a dorm and do everything that you see people do on, in, in shows and, and movies. Um, I made it a semester, barely in college, um, living out at school. Um, because of my mental health Um, I could not be that far from home Um, but I also wasn't on the right meds I wasn't seeing a therapist like if I had that it might have been a different story but I look back now and I'm like I sometimes will have dreams this is really weird but (laughs) I still to this day and I'm almost 30 I'll have dreams that like oh I'm going back to school and I'm like yeah I'm gonna do it right this time like nothing's (laughs) gonna happen and then by the end of the dream I've already left Aww. Because like it's something I regret. And I, like, I still have so many amazing friends from that one semester um, when I lived. That uh, was two hours away from my house. Um, and I, I, when they all graduated, I looked back, and I was like super sad that I wasn't graduating with them. So my mental health has kept me back from the college dream that I wanted. And I used to resent that. But I also wouldn't be where I am today if I, if I had stayed, right. um, and I might not still have the great friends I have that I made that one semester. Um, it wasn't the path for me, but I str- struggled. Actually, I would cr- cry so much in my dorm room that my two roommates went to my uh, RA, who then went to what do they call the lead RA person, the oh, actual um, adult. RD, resident director. Yes, the directors. Uh, and they called me down and they were worried about me. And this oh, was gosh. before I was um, suicidal, but they were at, like super concerned. And I was like, no, I'm not going <laughs> to hurt myself. Um, oh, I'm man. just sad. Um, it was the most awkward conversation. But I'm like, I am pr- sad. <laughs> I am proud of my roommates for actually saying something though. Yeah. And the RD for coming and talking to me. Granted, if I was in a bad place, he didn't follow up again. Like, that was the one thing. But I am very thankful that my roommate said something. Because if I had been suicidal at the time, like, that could have saved my life. Um, But, yeah. yeah. I
0: think there's a lot of um, supports in higher education that students don't take enough advantage of. I remember, like, we had free counselors for therapy you could see someone like once a week and I went four years without talking to someone more than once I don't and think I'm, it's like advertised
1: enough no it's not
0: and I'm actually like really upset about that because I've always been a really anxious person but I never had the word anxiety for it I always just was like oh I get weird at the beginning of the school year and I throw up a lot and it's like <laughs>
1: you're like yeah it just I was like that's
0: normal sure no that's not normal like what I would make myself so nervous that I would throw up and no one ever said hey I think that's anxiety Um, and now looking back I'm like oh my goodness gracious but in college same thing like I overloaded myself in my junior year and I was in a very dark place I got really sick I literally made myself sick and I knew that there was like therapy on campus and I'm I actually kicked myself for not starting my therapy then and talking to someone about it because I think it would have like changed how I handled the rest of my junior year and my senior year. I think it would have like changed the trajectory of my mental health journey because totally. I honestly, it took what? It took three more years for me to find help. That's like three years that I could have already been aware of things going on and things happening in my own body and head that I could then cope with. And unfortunately I didn't. And I, I like, I push all high school students, college students, like young adults while you're still on your parents' insurance, um, like everyone take advantage of the institution that you're at, whatever institution that is, whether it's public school, private school, Almost all of them have some program. Yeah, they have to offer something for mental health, and especially today in this climate, and especially with like the whole COVID situation the last few years and remote learning and how siloed everyone's been there is something available at your institution and I implore you to go do it. I was always, quote, quote, like too busy to go over and I was also embarrassed. Like I didn't feel like, I was like, no, like I don't, I don't have like what I thought were big enough problems to talk to someone. But even just being like stressed out or like overwhelmed once that year, like should have been enough for me to go talk to someone and instead I just let it, like fester and I I I mean I feel like I'm from a family that's like no 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 just tough it out rub some dirt in it (laughs) like it's okay rub some
1: dirt on that anxiety I know
0: like great um and so I didn't I didn't know therapy was like something that I needed or would have benefited me and I think young adults nowadays should take advantage of those things that are available to them
1: and we need to make it more known that it it shouldn't be embarrassing and you're mental health is just as important as your physical health and they they coincide like they if your mental health is bad your physical health is going to be bad like you just said oh my gosh get sick um but if you're for some reason your your college or school or wherever you are doesn't Mm -hmm. have that option there are online resources and take advantage of them and there are ways even if you don't have good insurance to it takes work Oh my gosh, um, and yes. we need a lot of work in this country with our mental health care, but there are options out there, um, and we'll eventually get a website and and post some <laughs> good links to some uh, some solid websites that we've vetted.
0: Yes, this is our our um, our pie in the sky dream is to have a website with options for resources and a network and um, merch that you can buy where the proceeds will go towards suicide awareness, mental health awareness. Um, It's maybe some like local versus national organization. So that is our pie in the sky hope that we can get there.
1: We just got to keep on getting listeners.
0: Yeah. More and more.
1: (laughs) Um, And I I just want to circle back again because I'm not done talking. That's why we have a podcast because I like to talk. (laughs) Um, I talked about how it, my mental health affected me in school, but I also stayed at a job I shouldn't have been at because I was afraid of the alternative. Like, I was comfortable in my anxiety with that job. Um, I put up with a lot of inappropriate workplace stuff. We'll just go with that. Um, Because I was comfortable in my anxiety and I knew my stressors. And I stayed way too long. Um, and Yes, you did. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Way too long. in um, mm. I I people will be like, Oh, it's character building. No, like you you don't put up with stuff there especially now, there are jobs everywhere. If you're not happy and don't be afraid that you'll be unhappy somewhere else, you you can continue to move until you find that. And mm. like I mean, I come from, like, my dad has been in the same place for 30-plus years, and he gets frustrated at his children for leaving their jobs and going to new places. But that's not what we are anymore. Like, we don't work at a job for 35, 35 years. It We're it's, not built that way.
0: It's not Society how the industry no. works anymore. It, you, are, you will receive more compensation, for and you will move up in your career path by jumping around. I'm not saying, like, every six months. There's that does not work. It takes a little bit to, like, learn what you're doing and prove that you can move somewhere else. But you're right. Like, our parents' generation, it was like, oh, yeah, if I stay for, you know, 40 years, then I get my retirement plan and I can, you know. And there's no such thing as a pension there's, anymore. No, they don't exist anymore. So, like, why why stay? Like, I I have loyalty to the companies that I've worked for, but at the same time, like, I outgrew my previous positions for a reason. And if that company then didn't offer me more money or opportunity to stay or I needed a new challenge, like that was, I was right to move. Like I needed to move on. Yeah. But even, yeah knew.
1: And even if you haven't grown it, but you're just not in a good space mm-hmm. there. I know it is very intimidating interviewing and searching for a job. And I'm not saying leave your job before you find a new job. Definitely find one first because... We live in a world where you need a job to survive. Um, but you can move on to something else and don't be like me, where I stayed way too long in a place that I was unhappy, um, undervalued, and just was not a healthy working environment. Uh, and there are tons of those, specifically in the service industry. Mm-hmm. Like when I was 18 working, my boss was also young and was terrible. Like, she didn't know how to manage, and it was a bad place, but I didn't know how to move on. Um, So we just... we it, The world needs to be better at accepting people moving positions, especially, especially I can't speak... Especially, I would say, for the younger kids working in service. Like, you don't deserve to be treated badly. You don't deserve to feel like crap every day at work. Like, there are better places, and there are people who understand um don't quit your job, but find a new job, yeah, and then give your two weeks <laughs> also if they haven't respected you, i'm all for not giving your two weeks because you don't need them as a reference you you legit, you could say this is where I worked, and they that's it that's all you need
0: yeah i my previous therapist um used to say to me because when I first started seeing her, like my biggest thing was my photography business was taking off and I wanted so desperately to do that full time or part time while also freelancing on the side as a writer and but that was so unstable and she would always look at me and be like what's the worst that could happen and honestly I it sounds counterintuitive but like um like I don't want to say daydreaming almost like doom dreaming or something <laughs> um thinking about what the worst like what is the worst that could happen like what's the worst she was like so what like your parents live locally you don't have any kids like you don't own a house you don't have any crazy bills right now she was like why not take this chance right now and I was so convinced that I was like no I'd be like I can't leave like I'm comfortable where I am and I also it's like it's safe and I don't know anywhere else and she constantly would just say and it used to actually piss me off like what's the worst that could happen? Because it sounds so flippant. It sounds really flippant when you say it. Like, oh, what's the worst? Like, oh, poo-poo. But she was not, like, negating my feelings or, like, putting down my fears. She was instead saying, like, no, realistically.
1: Think about it. What's the Think worst?
0: about it. Like, what is the worst that could happen? You lose your job or you quit your job and you don't have anything lined up and, like, what could happen? And the funniest thing is that I gave my notice at my job because i was like i'm going back to grad school and i gave my notice i said i'm leaving in may um and i'm i'm gonna freelance for the whole summer to prove to myself that i can and then i'm gonna start grad school in september and i'm gonna keep freelancing while i'm in school and that that's what i'm gonna do that's what i'm gonna and then we got a pandemic so i (laughs) look like the pandemic hit and i had already given my notice and i was panicking like crazy because all of a sudden it was like oh it's just a two-week thing oh no just kidding it's never ending and so I went to my manager and was like um can I come back can I stay a little longer and I remember feeling so crappy about that but the team was like yes please because they were given like a hiring freeze so if I left They'd have no one. They would have no one, and I had nothing lined up. So all the conferences, the, like, concerts, the speaking, all these things that I had lined up to photograph, the weddings, like, everything canceled. Mm -hmm. And all they were all – like, I'm a photographer. I photograph events, and I work with, like, kids. No one wanted me near their kids. Everyone was, like, keeping their kids locked up. (laughs) Um, And thankfully I had a situation where I was able to stay on until August, and then I still started grad school. Um, And I was like, I'm going to – I like fell into my job of course like once I was in grad school and everything ended up working out but my therapist's voice was like kind of in my head like what's the worst that could happen and the worst did happen like a freaking pandemic happened I had just quit my job I was about to leave and I had nothing everything I lined up fell through so like even my best laid plans were no longer possible and you just figure it out you'd like I just had to like think on my feet, talk to my team. I was honest. I like I, I was like, I'm not gonna have any pride in this situation. I'm gonna be broke, and I'm really scared. <laughs> and they were like, Okay, you should definitely stay. <laughs> like, um, but I th- I think it was helpful for her to be like, Oh look, what's the worst could happen? Oh by the way, oh look, the worst did happen. Yeah, you faced the worst, and, and you did it, and it's fine, and everything worked out because everything everything will work out in the way it needs to work out. Um, and me stressing about it beforehand didn't change what happened like I I could have done without all that stress and then it still would have happened the pandemic still would have arrived and our worlds would have been turned upside down Um, but I am glad that I still stuck to leaving the job and didn't try to do school in the job because it I love the people I worked with but it wasn't the most healthy workplace and so eventually it became clear that like okay I know the money's good and I know we're in like really crazy times right now, but like, I can't stay here anymore. Like I gotta go and focus on my future. And again, like thankfully I had a husband who worked. And so he was able to cover a little bit more of the bills. I found part-time work on the side. Like, like I, I recognize the privilege I had of being able to leave my job. Um, but I also implore anyone who's like in a situation that they, don't want to be in ask yourself what is the worst that could happen and then like work your way through those yeah like really think about them
1: don't just doom dream like you said (laughs) doom dream like actually think about it what is the worst that could happen and then find ways around it yeah like plot it out
0: yeah that helps me a lot like the like what's the worst that could happen with uh this road trip like okay our car breaks down um we get into an accident. Like, what are the things we can do to, like, prevent those things? Okay, drive carefully. We're going to have, like, supplies in the back in case we break down. And we're going to, you know what I mean? Like, have your phone fully charged. You and- just
1: made me think, I'm going to Acadia next month. And I'm, like, texting my friend. I'm, like, do you have a first aid kit? <laughs> and she's, like, I have Band-Aids. I go, all right, I'm going to buy a
0: first aid kit. You're, like, no, that's not enough. I'm, like, <laughs>
1: we're going to Acadia and we're hiking. And there's not a lot of self-service in Arc- uh, uh, Acadia. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to buy a first aid kit
0: because well, like, I want I to be prepared. People who have like mental health issues or anxiety specifically have a tendency to like overthink. I'm going to overpack, I'm going to overthink. Right. I'm going to be But like use it for- use it to your advantage then. Like if you're already going to overthink and you're going to overpack anyways, you know you're going to do that. I've okay. I've already looked up if there's bears and there's no bears. Yeah, like, no do bears. your research to make yourself feel better. Make all your lists and then, like, pack and then repack four times. You should see I, what I'm packing to prepare myself for ticks because they say how bad they are. <laughs> and I have, like, this super
1: big fear of Lyme, which, like, is a real deal. Yeah, it's But serious. I'm, like, researching all these different sprays and, like, which is the best one and which one won't kill me later on down the line because <laughs> of the chemicals. I've spent way too much time looking at products for t- to keep ticks off of me.
0: But it probably makes you feel like you're a little bit more prepared to fight ticks while you're there the big
1: scary monster ticks yeah <laughs> which they're tiny but yeah i gotta go get that first aid kit this weekend
0: yeah i think um i i overthink i over prepare but it's not a problem it's not unless it stops you it like kind things. of it becomes a problem if i never act on it if i only am constantly researching and preparing but i also think that it's it's like a it's i've turned it into a coping mechanism i guess i could say to, like, be helpful in the scenario. Okay, I give myself, like, a deadline. Like, no, you have to do the thing that you're scared to do. So set yourself a deadline that you need to get all this stuff done by. But, like, still do the research if that makes you feel better. Like, use your anxiety to prepare, I guess. Or at least that's just me. I might just be way too type A. your superpower. (laughs) Anxiety. Super anxiety. Okay, so... Um, more presently now we are in different places in our lives now than we were what we were talking about previously um, what has gotten you through the past two weeks hmm.
1: going back to what we said earlier uh, being honest with my boss uh, being like I can't do today um, music
0: mm-hmm.
1: which we will have a whole episode on music and how music is healing to me um <laughs> and i have like 83 songs on a playlist right now for this podcast all amazing about mental health i love that um which i'm probably have already sent all of them to you which <laughs> so music my family being honest um and honestly this podcast the excitement of oh shit we made our dream happen we're not just talking about it like on launch day we were texting each other back and forth over and over again just like oh my god we did it yeah we it talked just, about it for so long like no one
0: had listened to it yet we were just like oh my god it's a live link
1: like there it is it's actually happened people can find it and then i was like nervous <laughs> about what people would think and like we had given it to other people beforehand to listen and we had listened 700 times yeah um and redid our intro so many times oh
0: my gosh so many times
1: but just the excitement of knowing that i we finally made part of our dreams of where to go with mental health happen like we have a podcast i was at a fourth of july party well and uh someone mentioned that i had a podcast and my aunt goes you have a podcast i was like yeah yeah i do Hair flip? <laughs> I totally have a podcast. You can anywhere podcasts are found. You can find it. And then she was like, "Is it on this one?" I go, "Not yet, but it will be." Because <laughs> i was like, oh my like, I didn't even know that existed. Um, I was like, "Yeah, I may only have one episode, but I have a damn podcast." You're like, it's there though. Yeah, <laughs> it's there. Live proof, lorazepam. <laughs> and uh, it just the excitement of this, and it, I used to like focus on just the exciting things and like and then I would get really down afterwards and I still do especially vacations but like I'm living on this high for a little bit like we have a podcast and Abby celebrate the small wins yes and like Abby thanked everyone in the beginning um, but I do also want to say thank you to every single listener Uh, every person that has listened to us talk about a podcast before (laughs) we even got it launched everyone that Listened before it went live to make sure we weren't crazy, um, and everyone who has supported our dream.
0: Yeah, what got you through the, your week, two weeks? Um, first and foremost, Philip, Prince Philip, my husband. He's um, a prince now. I it's like just what I call him. Does he have money like a prince? Uh, no, I wish, but <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna hate that I said the nickname on the podcast. He's totally in the other room, rolling his eyes. Um, No, he is my biggest supporter when I'm up, when I'm down, like everything in between. And I certainly have my mood swings of up and down. Um, Yeah, family for sure. I got to spend some quality time with family the last few weeks. Um, I have really been enjoying, even though it's stressful, I've been enjoying my job lately. It's helped me sort of like, I don't know, just focus on one thing because um, I usually have a million things going on, but right now it it just feels like everything's more manageable and I, I'm loving that sort of lack of pressure. like there's stress, but it's not it's not debilitating, it's not taking me out. Um, I've been trying really hard to drink more water, exercise a little bit more, um, and give myself a break. I think, I've mentioned the word guilt like five times in this episode already. I clearly suffer from that. I have like major productivity guilt if I'm not working on something or, um, but lately I've been better. I've been trying to, at the end of the day, like, nope, I wanna go read a book in bed and whatever I feel like I need to work on on my laptop in bed can wait till tomorrow. Um, And I'm a huge uh, romance novel reader. Me too. I love like the romance genre. I listen to all the podcasts. Um, Faded Mates is my favorite one. Um, Shout
1: out! <laughs> we're not partners. We just show no, out. we're not.
0: I just have a huge crush on Sarah McLean. <laughs> um, but I, I love. I'm like a huge literature nerd. I, I love romance genre, and then I love talking about why the books are written the way they are like what was happening in the world when the book was published like oh man I love it so much um and it's funny because I hated those classes in high school and college where they dissect books I'm like oh that is horrible and now as an adult I can't get enough of it I don't know what it is Um, it got
1: you through your two weeks
0: it got me through my two weeks yeah I've read like five books in the last two weeks um following along to their podcast so it's been that's been really nice but I I, I think I lean towards, like, escapism for coping. Um, and reading, for me, is, like, a huge one. So if there are other voracious readers out there who have recommendations for romance novels, send them our way because we both love them. I'm trying to think. If you read that queer romance novel I gave you yet, I don't think we've talked about I it. I actually think I have it on my bedside table. Read it. My to-be-read list is ridiculous. I have, like, four books on my um dresser that needs to be read okay so i have physical books on my bedside table and then i have the kindle app the nook app the libby app for the library i have books open on all of them (laughs) like it's out of control and then i don't typically like audiobooks, but i'm trying to delve into them a little bit because i love podcasts so i now i have more books there so i'm reading like five books at once and it's getting a maybe that's a little overwhelming don't but,
1: overwhelm yourself with your de-stressor. I know, I
0: know. Um, de-stressor. But yeah, that's what got me past, uh, through the past two weeks. And hopefully the next two weeks, same thing. Food, family, sleep. Ooh, food. Yeah, food. We need to do an episode on food. Oh, we for sure need to do an episode on food. That's going to happen.
1: Listeners, um, listen up. We're going to do an episode on food. It's probably not going to be the
0: next one. <laughs> But down the line, and down the line, we also want to bring in some, some guests. Once we sort of get our mothers, a role. yeah, there's definitely going to be a mom episode for sure. Um, we're going there to bring in to some two. some friends, uh, in different industries and sort of how they cope. Some experts, some experts for sure, because we
1: are only experts on ourselves. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. and I'd love to like branch it out a little bit. Um, we're currently learning how to possibly do the podcast with someone who might be remote. Like I, I would love to talk to people in other places in the country. This little machine thingy can do that. We just gotta figure yeah, it we out we just gotta figure it out. The 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 tech for this podcast stuff has been a bit of a steep hill and Julie's handled all of it. <laughs> <laughs> trying. I'm trying. But uh, I'm gonna say let's wrap this
1: up because we can ramble forever. Forever. And we're also almost at an hour and I don't think
0: people want to listen to us for more than an hour so (laughs) let us know let us know how we're doing give us some feedback yeah our dms on
1: instagram are open and a lot of our listeners are still just people who know us you have our
0: numbers text us and shout out to wildflower hill uh custom handmade embroidery i surprised julie with a little gift tonight. Um, so awesome! And I'll be posting the video of her opening it and some photos of the product online. But you're
1: gonna post the video? Oh
0: heck yeah! Your reaction was amazing. Uh, just a little launch gift that I wanted to commemorate our, you know, first episode being up, us hitting a hundred. So excited. So, yeah, shout out to Wildflower Hill. I'm going to tag her so anyone can see her stuff. It's wonderfully beautiful embroidery. So cool.
1: And uh, thank you again. And um, we'll have another podcast coming soon. Like we said, uh, what do we say? Monthly? Bi-monthly? Yeah. That's the goal. Um, thank you. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Toodaloo. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at livelaughlorazepam.com and slide into our DMs to share your story or provide feedback. Make sure you subscribe.